Welcome to another Off the Circle. We are on site with Robert Bogue of Thor Projects at his home studio. Listen to indie-based entrepreneurs and business people. Learn from their experience and expertise and have some laughs along the way. Off the Circle, the Indianapolis business scene as you've never heard it before. Welcome to another Off the Circle. Uh, this is a special one. You're going to hear the audio quality is significantly better. <laughs> because I am actually at a studio, a home studio. Uh, a barn studio. A barn studio, yeah, professional barn studio. And uh, with my good friend Robert, uh, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, so Robert Bogue and I've been doing Thor projects for a long time. One of the things that we do is certainly uh, some video work and some education work. And so uh, you get to come up and come visit the studio today. I am totally geeking out. So uh, because this is a podcast, I want everybody to know what I'm looking at is I have uh, custom LEDs and green screen behind me. In front of me, I have uh, soft lighting that's absolutely beautiful. Uh, you have a full Blackmagic ATEC live camera system, uh, mixer board, digital mixer, preamps. Uh, you name it, you have got it in here. It is absolutely phenomenal, and you can hear from the audio quality how great it is, too, because I was telling Robert as I was walking up, uh, there was crews across the street making a lot of noise, and you cannot hear anything in here. It is absolutely phenomenal. So beautiful, beautiful studio. And uh, and we were talking about, um, because you don't do this professionally for clients. This is your setup for your work, right? Yeah, this is for us doing education. This is for us being able to build courses and material uh, that people can then consume. And so I've got courses up on... Uh, Lindo, which is now LinkedIn Learning, and Red Vector, and I had some stuff that I built for Microsoft, I built stuff for Pluralsight, um, so we just built content for lots of different folks, uh, and I wanted a place that I could come yeah. and just record, and right. just turn it on, it was all set up, and it was all working, and, and I just knew that I didn't have to worry about that piece. And that's, that's I think, the, the, the great thing here, is it, it, you know, with this, with the podcast studio I had downtown, um, that's what I wanted, right? I just wanted people to come in, sit down, and be able to talk. Yeah. I didn't want to have to set up mics, you know, uh, worry about sound, worry about insulation, and everything else, and and uh, and with video, uh, you know, I'm doing some some videos right now with uh, Ablog, you know, Cinema. We have everything set up, right? We have to set everything up. We have to set the cameras up, set our angles up. Um, we're doing multiple videos, so we have to have everything taped and, you know, set to the same location week after week. And you're right. And, and that winds up being uh, the barrier to entry, I think, sometimes to making it easier to, to get these things done, right? Yeah. The fact that you can, I mean, we literally walked in, you turned on the audio, and we're ready to go because I didn't even have to, I didn't even have to mic up with a lapel mic. You have, right. you have road, road mics right overhead that are picking us up. Yeah. So, um, so that just, uh, the headache is gone, right? Right. Yeah. Right. 
And, and that makes it a lot easier, I think, on everybody. One, you get to focus on your content. Yeah. You know, and then two, that headache of, you know, pre-production issues and, and consistency and everything else is you wipe that out. Right. Yeah. It's it's interesting. You, you know, sometimes you hear, well, the the market is moving, right? So we're either going to have audio or we're going to have video. Yeah. And you're seeing a lot of people doing these recordings on their iPhones and nothing against an iPhone. I have one. Yeah. But it's not the same. I agree. It, it's, it's there's so much background noise coming right. off the cam- the cameras, or excuse me, the iPhones mics and yeah, and, and people won't listen to video with bad audio. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, and and you guys should go do a test yourself. Go find a YouTube video, um, you know, that has terrible audio quality, and it might have perfect video. Right, maybe beautiful. Yeah, maybe beautiful, but that audio quality is and and nowadays it doesn't take much to improve it. You can you can buy a wired lavalier, you know, for you know whatever fifteen bucks on Amazon or whatever, right. and significantly improve not not to this you know quality, but significantly improve the quality of your audio. Yeah, I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna record on a laptop, so this is this is one of the things I sometimes teach people because. Uh, when I go to the Association for Talent Development, I'm speaking for them. I'll sometimes teach people what can you do low budget recording. Um, you can buy a USB to XLR cable. Yep. Um, Ten, fifteen bucks. Right. Not not a lot at all. Um, you and I were talking before show about the Shure SM58s, yep. the standard mic for backup singers. Absolutely. Super beautiful. Very tight patterns. Um, don't pick up a lot of background noise. Um, Behringer has a knockoff of it called, I think, the XR8500 or 85,000, uh, a $20 mic that is as good as the $100 yeah. SM58. So now for 30 bucks, you can get a sound that really actually is very close to what you and yeah. I have got. Um, the only difference with you and I is um, we don't have to hold the mic. We don't have to think about it, right? Right. If you're willing to hold the mic for in the neighborhood of $30, yeah. you can do that and have really professional sounding stuff. Totally agree. And I was, it's funny you say the, the, of the USB to XLR. Yeah. Um, I was really worried when I first bought one of those, I, I thought, mm-hmm. you know, is this, is this real? Right. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and it wound up working perfectly. I, I had it, I had it set to a iMac in my studio yeah. and then, uh, and then set it to the mixer. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so that I, I could basically do Skype, you know, yeah. straight into the mixer. And uh, it works. And like you said, I think 10, 15 bucks. Yeah. 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 I mean, all in people are in 30 bucks to, to get a really good mic. Yeah. Not not great as sure. Right. Really close. Yeah. Uh, and the connectivity to their computer. Um, well, and for the most part, you, you know, you and I, uh, and I, and I'd probably say you, you're, you're obviously, um, steps ahead of where I am from an audio and video standpoint, but, but I can tell some audio issues, but the vast majority of people, if you have a, a, a baseline good microphone, yep. they can't tell. Right. They just can't tell. Right. And, uh, you know, but if they have a bad mic, you know it. Yeah. Every, everybody yeah. knows it. I, I was uh, joking and I won't mention the guy's name, but uh, there was a company here in town that they were putting out really entertaining little iPhone videos, you know, that, and they were putting them out every couple days or whatever. And I kept begging the guy, you know, I said, please, you know, go buy 
just go buy a wired lavalier. Just yeah. go, you know, and um and so he he was like, No, it's good enough, it's good enough, it's good enough. And um and so I went up buying one. I bought one, I can't remember. I th- I got it off in Amazon. It was a you know cheap cheapo, but it actually had like a watch battery condenser in it. So it, yeah. it had some gain in it yeah. and everything else. And um and I, I bought it for him. It had probably a twenty foot cord or whatever, yeah. so his guy could stand across the room and, and everything else. And the first time he used it, he goes, Oh my god. And I, yeah. I bought it for him. I said right, right, right. please just yeah. fix your audio. Right. You this know? is my gift. Yeah. I, I want to watch your videos and I can't do it like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So now uh and, and I, I should say your your studio barn were upstairs. Yep. And then downstairs, you've got a full office yep. that you work out of as well. Yep. And then this whole this whole barn is in your backyard. Yes, I have an eight second commute. <laughs> I'm I'm finally there. Uh, that is fantastic. How how long have you been at this location? Set in the house about twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah. And you started building out the studio ten years ago. Yeah, the studio started getting built out about ten years ago. But this barn. Uh, was a guy's workshop, um, and it and it literally had asphalt shingle flooring, kind yeah. of, you know, very 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 wow. different feel. Um, the place that you and I are in the studio was studs. The door was a trap door. Yeah. Uh, and so about every two years, the first ten, we would do a major upgrade every two years. So yeah. we brought plumbing out here. Uh, we moved from just heating to heating and air conditioning. Yeah. We have just over time evolved this space. Um, it's it, phenomenal. It's yeah. it's a lot of attention to detail. I think yeah. people are like, oh, hey, I can throw something up in a minute or two. No, and and you can. Yeah. yeah. Right. And you could, and you're going to have the same set of issues I had ten years ago. Exactly. Yeah. I was I was uh, da- downtown. You know, it was a brick building. You know, high voluminous rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, and, echo uh, chambers. Yeah. Ton yeah. and so. It, it took a ton of tweaking with the mixer, you know, to cut out background noise. And even then, if you had an ambulance go by or whatever, mm-hmm. it sounded like it was in the room with you. Yep. And uh, and so we'd often have to pause and everything. But you're absolutely right. I I was talking to uh, people don't realize this, but in in Indianapolis we have uh, Haverstick, I think is their name, but they're audio engineers that have built like Coldplay's home studio. And, oh wow. And uh, and so. I had him come out and and take a look at it, and you know I I could have bought a building, you know, for the <laughs> for yeah. the cost of of soundproofing and and trying to get it, you know, to a level. And you know, if you're renting a space, I'm just not, I just don't think that's worth it. But you know, obviously with this, it it is. I mean, this you could easily use this for what live video, yeah, podcasting. Yeah. Uh, audio recording. You're, you're doing your video recording for uh, learning management systems. Um, I mean, you you could fit a you could fit a band in here. You can. Yeah. 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 And you've actually got enough. You got 16 channels. In, channels. Yeah. yeah. So you could you could actually have a, a live you know concert right here. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Um, what what do, I'm I'm curious. You know. As a budding, you know, audio and video guy, uh, what are the lessons that you've learned along the way that that you know you just you won't make those mistakes again? I think the first the first one we've already talked about, which is audio is more important than video. Yeah, 
right? When, you, when you're doing video, you think, oh, I've got to get really good cameras, i got to get really good lighting, I really... Mm, no, stop. Yeah. Get your audio super, super clean, get that really pristine, and then start to think about cameras. The cameras are cheap now. Yeah. Um, audio stuff is still sort of expensive at the higher end and when you're doing right. a room. So um, what you described the room a little bit as we walked in or as we started the, the podcast, um, but every surface that is not a TV has sound suppression on it. Right. Um, the ceiling has sound suppression. Um, in fact, their cable stayed. Um, the reason I did a cable stay system for those panels was to help uh, baffle the low frequency um, so that those baffles actually start to, to reverberate themselves. Yeah. Um, but I think the first one is definitely audio before video. Um, the second one is probably chroma keying sucks <laughs> and it always sucks. And it's, you're, you know, we, I bought the black magic gate time. You were talking about that. Yeah. I bought that for the sole purpose of helping me dial in chroma keying. Wow. Uh, because it's got a live chroma keyer in it. And when I was doing chroma key and software, I was just having this awful hard time to get a nice clean key. Yeah. Um, and, and for people that are, uh, oh, yeah. Don't know that term. Explain that to them. So chroma keying is uh, basically removing a color. In most cases, it's a green screen, like yep. the one that's here. Uh, and so when you do that, you can, you know, you can be anywhere you want because the background disappears and we lay in star fields and offices. A lot of times when you're looking at a video of somebody and it looks like they're in an office or a library, but the library, the, the office is just kind of a little too blurry. Like your, your eye catches, it's just a little, what you're seeing is somebody who did their recording in a green screen and then somebody dropped the background in on them. Nice, yeah. Um, and it's great when you're doing studio stuff because then you don't have to be on location. Right. Um, and location stuff, uh, back to audio, sucks because you cannot control the audio environment. Right. Um, so... A yeah, lot we're, 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 today's election day. Yeah, watch every election coverage with all the noise and everything. That these are full, you know, studios, portable, and they're still having problems with it. Yeah. Well, well, right. Professional the, the TV stations. Uh, the TV stations are sending out a camera guy, and today they'll probably send a separate audio person plus talent. Yeah. Um, and the audio guy has got a rifle mic or shotgun mic. Uh, like one of the roads that we've got here and they're like just out of frame on the guy going, right. Okay. You know, and they're still picking up, you know, the guy shuffling his shoes yeah. next to him. And that's totally directional mic. That's yeah. focused just right on that, on that person. person's mouth and, yeah. and they're still picking up. Yeah. 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 And it's, yeah. So, so those, those, I think are the two, um, you know, there's some stuff about cameras. People are like, oh, I can get any camera. Well, you can, but the sensors are different. The larger the sensor, the better the picture, the, the yep. more realistic it'll look. Um, uh, there's a lot of things we can do cheaply. There's a handful that you just can't do cheaply. Right, right. And and um, one of the things that we talked about before the podcast that you were talking about with the green screen, too, is uh, it allows you to post-produce and put in video background so yep. you don't have a tv behind us you know to to show a scene right you were talking about how that's actually a pain right yeah because you hit greens and all yeah. of a sudden your screen goes out and everything else 
Yeah, so we so in videos now, we lot a lot of times on the education side, we want to see the content we're talking about, the slide, um, in most cases, and you want to see the presenter side by side. And so I bought a TV and it's on camera and it's on a rig and and I can set it out. But what I found was when I was doing my chroma keying, if the slide had green in it, sometimes I would key out part of right. the screen. Uh, so now, even if I want that look, even if I want the look of I'm here and the TV's on screen with me, um, I layer them in and post. That's awesome. So background goes away. I drop in whatever background I want. Then I drop in the TV and then I shape my slides to where the TV is. Yeah. Um, and you've got a humongous teleprompter sitting right in front of your cameras, too. Yeah, it's so, technically not a teleprompter, though. Right. Yeah. It's you're you're absolutely right. It's a it's a PC. It's a full PC that you can play your presentations on and everything yep. else. So that almost seems like a more natural way of speaking as well, because yeah. you're looking at your slides ahead of you. Yeah. You know, and and talking about them, and then post production putting them beside you and everything. Yeah. It's very. Um... In this particular environment, I have 30 feet of depth in the room. Uh, now, some of that's behind screen and in. Uh, but because of that, um, I could put the cameras very far away from yeah. me. Um, most folks, when you, t you look at a teleprompter, what they tell you is uh, you use a teleprompter so that people don't look like they're looking away. Right. Right. So they look like they're looking right at you looking at the camera. Um, but the reality is we rarely look in someone's eyes directly, directly. Uh, except for just for a very few moments. And then we scan their face. We scan around their face. Um, because of the distance, it looks like you're scanning someone's face as you're reading your slides. Yeah. I mean, you've got a good... Fun. That's probably a good 12 feet, 10 feet. Uh, it's, probably, it's probably 15. <coughs> it's probably still 15 yeah. or maybe a little more now. That's awesome. And, and what cameras are you running... Uh, so this is some Canon uh, AH1s or HXAX, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're actually due to be replaced um, to get them swapped out for some 4K cameras. But, oh, nice. Um, finding, a, finding a 4K solution that's not $5,000 a camera. Yeah, right. Um, it's a little difficult. The, and, and that's actually an interesting point because one of the things we talked about before well, was... And, and all of that rolls downhill too, right? Yeah, you got to make now, that money. <laughs> yeah, and and now all of your if you're if you're editing in 4K, yep, you're slowing everything down to uh -huh. a crawl. So you've got to have SSD everything and yep the fastest processors and everything else. So you can buy the cameras, but right. but, but you're going to replace everything downstream, right. right? Yeah, absolutely, and that's and that's part of that cost. Uh, but but we also have two cameras here. We're talking for the educational stuff where you do cuts. Um, so if I stumble on a slide, whatever, I pause, I restart the slide, um, you're going to do an edit, a cut. Well, you can't cut back to the same camera because it looks like you had that weird teleporter effect from Star Trek. Right. Right. And you're like, what just happened? Yeah. Um, so we've got two, we've got two cameras here at slightly different angles. They're not yeah. terribly different, but they're slightly different. And that allows us to come up again. We come up, we record. And we're done, and then we do post. We have somebody do post, um, and so it's quick and easy. It's fantastic, um, but it does mean, you know, cameras. There's two of everything, yeah. all the way back. So incredible. Well, uh, and then and then uh, uh, we we I, I could geek out about the studio for another hour, 
we don't want to do that. I'll bore people to death, but uh, it's absolutely phenomenal. And uh, and and you were not a professional audio or video engineer. No, you're a professional speaker. Yep, and educator. Yep, and so you know, I I, I said, where'd you learn this? You know, and you said, well, lots of people helped in trial and error, right? Yep. You know, yep. and so uh, I think it's a testament to people out there that you can build your own studio and yeah. you can get things right. And, and, and when you make it this easy to sit down and just have a conversation or record a video, you're going to be more likely as a business, I think, to, to absolutely put out good content because yeah. you can focus on what's right instead of, you know, uh, putting everything up or dealing with crappy equipment issues or, you know, all of those headaches, uh, you get to focus on that content. Um, let's talk about the professional speaking side of the business. Sure. Um, so you're, you've got a couple of classes that you're teaching right now. One is really intriguing to me on burnout. Yeah. So we got, so first of all, uh, on the 15th of November, uh, at 6 PM, 6 to 8 PM, there is a free event we're going to do. And it's at the medical academic center, which is at, um, Meridian, uh, or 31 and main street in Carmel. Uh, we're going to provide a light dinner, um, and it's a beautiful facility. Uh, so, but burnout, uh, burnout is a very interesting topic because lots of people have experienced it in their careers. Uh, when I'm talking to folks and I go, okay, so how many of you have ever felt burnout? Raise your hand. And all but like three people in a room of a hundred will raise their hand. Right. Right. It's just a sea of hands moving. And you're like, wow. And then you go, okay, so. If you're just feeling burnout right now, keep your hand up. And still a third of the room. Wow. Right? And and that is like, wow, that's just a lot of people. But the numbers support it. If you look at the way that Gallup talks about, uh, they talk about employee engagement. And they go about a third of employees are engaged. About a third of employees are actively disengaged. And about slightly more than a third is in the middle of They're like, yeah, whatever. So... Really, if you think about it, the, in an organization, the employees who are disengaged are likely employees that have burnout. Mm. If you think about because they're 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 yeah. disengaging, right? right? Well, well, that's one of the effects of burnout. Classically, you've looked at it from the point of view that you feel overwhelmed, uh, you feel cynical, or you feel ineffective. So you're maybe fed up, frustrated. Fed up, yeah. frustrated. That's the kind of those are the kinds of feelings that you that are associated with burnout um the really the really funny part is so all that classical research on burnout is great except all it does is tell you how to know you're sick right, right. it's like you go to the doctor and he goes well you've got the flu yeah well what are you going to do for me doc nothing really we're right. going to send you home right 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 and that's and that's kind of what people were doing with burnout and all the inventories and all that stuff that all did that um, and so, uh, my wife, Terry and I have both experienced burnout at different points in our career. In fact, I started writing about it in 2003. Um, but I started looking at it and I'm like, well, what are the systems and the dynamics that are right. working? And we have, uh, two models. The first model is a bathtub model. So if you think about your personal agency, your ability to get things done as a bathtub into that pours things like results, when you're getting good results, you feel like you're effective. Uh, the support systems you have professionally, personally, just how are people pouring support into you? And then the amount of self-care you're doing. And 
you know, whether that's exercise or eating right or sleeping or whatever, but, but that self-care pours into the top. And that becomes your ability to get things done. And then at the bottom, the drain is all the demands that are put on you. Mm. Now, the thing that most people don't think about is the drain has a valve too. Right. Right. You can say no to things. And learning how to say no and when to say no protects you, protects your personal agency. Burnout then becomes when your personal agency hits zero. When the bathtub is empty, you got nothing more to give. Right. Right. So you're going to feel cynical. The world is awful and I can't do anything about it. I feel overworked because I'm given, given, given. And you feel like you're ineffective because you don't feel like you're getting anything done. Right. Right. Uh, and so that's our first model. That's the, we call that the uh, kind of present future tense model. And the, and the, the dramatic effect on a business with people that are suffering from burnout, bad decision making, poor productivity. Right. Um, you talked about that cynicism. So yeah. now you've got a disease kind of setting uh, into you get a cultural disease yeah. uh, that, that can spread, yeah. you know, easily. And so um, what you know, obviously, from a personal standpoint, I look back at, you know, times that I've been burned out and a lot of it was just what you said, the ability to say no, the ability to understand what my and I love the the, the bathtub, you know, an, uh, analogy because it doesn't change. You know, I always tell people that um, I see people that, that talk about that they checked everything off their list mm -hmm. and I and I go that is that just doesn't even compute with me mm -hmm. because as I'm working with clients, the list gets bigger and bigger every day. Right. What it doesn't stress me out that my list gets bigger and bigger. Yep. All it means is that I have to prioritize things right yeah. and, and get them in the right thing. And then say, no, mm -hmm. I have that backlog. Yep. And I say, you know what, we're going to have to put this in the backlog. We're going to yep. have to push this back. And ever since I started doing that, I haven't experienced that, you know, that frustration of, you know, burnout. And, and and then the other side of it, though, is I was always amazed at leaders that I worked for that just were not stressed. You know, mm -hmm. I was stressed. Yeah. But for some reason, they came to work every day and they were OK, you know, and they made good decisions. Yeah. They were promoted. Yeah. They were made their numbers, yeah. you know, everything else. And I think a lot of the difference was they really had that that discipline uh, you know, for, yeah. for saying no or yes, you know, to things. So with all of that on the business side, you know, uh, business leaders, what do they need to look for as they're looking at their people, um, to, to see signs of burnout and, and what can they, you know, do to, to assist? Yeah, I think, so I think the signs are, are, uh, people who, look like they're overworked. They have that visual appearance of, oh my gosh, they're harried and blah, blah, blah. Or they become cynical. And those are, I think, the two easy markers. Um, the personal efficacy is a little harder for you to see because yeah. it's not it's not about reality. It's about their perception of reality. That's a great point. Um, so we, we have, uh, so we're, we're putting together a book. I can't talk much about it because I don't have it all completely signed and dotted. Um, but we have a book uh, really, it's written. And the biggest thing, if I had to pick one thing, would probably be to teach people how to do detachment. Um, so detachment has this, this nasty little habit of being really close phonetically to disengagement. <laughs> um, and so detachment isn't that. It isn't disengaging. It isn't 
not doing something. Uh, it's really being okay with whatever the outcomes are. Um, and the point at which you can say, I'm going to do my level best. I'm going to do whatever I can do to influence the situation. And at the end of it, that's my end. And if we succeed in business, we fail in business, we whatever, I don't own the outcome. I only own what I can contribute to it. And so when you can get people there, you don't cause the other big challenge that creates burnout, which is the gap between your expectations of your productivity and the perceived reality of oh. your burnout or of your, of your productivity. So I, that's caused burnout. I, I, I love that because I, I've mentored a, a bunch of different people and interns and everything else. And I was often surprised at the stories that people put in their own heads. Yep. Uh, that if I push back with a client, they won't like me. Or if I, if I don't get this done, someone's going to be mad at me, yep. you know, and, and, and I would always question that. I'd always say, well, did, did you push back with the client? No, no. Oh, I can't do that. Yeah. And I'd say, why not? Yeah. You know, push back and say, you know, okay, we can get this done, but that's going to have to be pushed two weeks out or whatever. Right. Oh, I can't do that. You know, and I'd say, well, let's give them a call. And I'd say it. Yeah. And the client would go, oh, yeah. That sure. makes that makes total sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I always tell people that th those stories in our heads, we are the hardest people on ourselves. Yep. And and it's often not your boss putting this pressure on you, not your client putting this pressure on you. It's often you putting this pressure on yourself. So I I really love that that you know uh disengagement. I uh, that that's a powerful powerful because it, you have to be able to sit down and go, am I working 100%? You know, am I doing everything that I possibly can to to make this client, you know, or make make my boss or make the customer happy? Yeah. If I am, then that's all I can do. Right. Yeah, and you, you kind of you kind of lightly brushed up against two really important things which I think are really interesting. And the first one is this idea that I'm enough. Cuz what what a lot of times happens is people operate from the perception that I'm not enough. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes that it's called imposter syndrome or whatever, but it's, but it's very much around this idea that, well, I'm not going to say anything to them because I'm really not doing a good enough job. I'm really not a good enough oh. uh, consultant for them or whatever. But then you come back and, and you're like, wait, 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 but, but they're happy. Right. Right. Like my wife and I have this thing where she thinks she's not a very good wife. And I'm like, well, I disagree, and it's my opinion that counts, <laughs> right? Like, I, I get yes. to be the judge on yeah. this one, yes, right? So if I say you're doing a good job, well, right. guess what? You are, yeah, right? Um, but people operate from this sense of deficit that I am not enough, and I'm, and and it's and it's so ingrained into us. Yeah. Um, the second thing you touched on, which is really important, is uh, the self-talk. The way that we talk to ourselves, about ourselves, that language in our head. Um, the problem with it is you hear it in your own voice, and so you think it's truth, mm. right? So it's actually, say, your dad's voice, your mom's voice, your coach's voice, whatever, right? And your coach says, oh, you're never going to amount to anything. You're going to be an awful player, blah, 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 blah. Well, somewhere along the line, you lose the co coach's voice to it. It gets your own voice. Well, now you think it's truth. Mm. And it's not right. Right. We can't run a four minute mile. 
Well, you and I probably can't, but, yeah. <laughs> but humans right. couldn't. We thought we were gonna, people thought they were going to drop dead until someone did it. Right. And then everybody was doing it. Not everybody, but, you know, that record kept getting broken, 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 yeah. broken. Well, we believe these stories and they're not our stories. They're someone else's stories that we've taken. Yeah. Um, and so, so some of that stuff is what uh, we take care of in the workshop that we do. But also the book actually is going to end up with a lot of coverage of how do you change that self-talk? How do you change it so that you recognize that you don't have to be so judgmental of yourself? We talk about no. acceptance and other people. Oh, how about we accept ourselves first? Then we can worry about accepting all the other people on the planet. Oh, this is uh, this is really important. I, 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 and once again, for people, we'll have a link in our show notes as well. But where should people go to for information? Uh, so, so you can go to thorprojects.com. It'll be in our right rail for the the upcoming events. It's probably okay. the quickest and easiest way to get there. Um, but where it will be at the Medical Academic Center is okay. the actual location we're going to. And and uh, for people listening. Obviously, entrepreneurs, I think this is absolutely mm-hmm. critical, especially if you're a new entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, because you feel like you're letting your employees down, your investors down, your... Your spouse down. Your spouse that, down. That one's the one I hear first. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so if you're an entrepreneur and, and you're heading um, heading in this direction, you know, definitely uh, uh, go to the workshop. And then, obviously, anybody else the you know, in business... I think for business leaders, I think this is important as well. Um, it is. The other thing I'll say, though, is is so we're doing this as community service, right? That's why we're doing this event here locally. We do a lot of events, talking to conferences, blah, blah, blah. But Indianapolis is home and has been for 20 yeah, years. That's awesome. Um, and the thing is, we're going into the holidays, um, and everybody feels this burnout piece to yeah. some degree, a little or a lot, at the holidays, because what happens is we get to the holidays, it's really stressful, we're running, we're going to drop balls, and then we hit the end of the year, and we move right into this time of reflection mm-hmm. of, what did I get done this year? Well, I wanted to get so much more done, and I should have gotten so much more done. And so this burnout thing is really important, and, and I would I would stop very, very far short of saying that we're going to prevent suicides, but... This end of year, the last two weeks of the year, are some of the highest rates of suicides yeah. that we have. Well, it's the highest rate of despair and it, loneliness and, and everything else right. tackled on, tacked onto that. So. so our hope is at a personal level, anybody that says, you know what, I don't want to be depressed and, and angry at the end of the year. And I want, I want to find some tools yep. to feel better. All the stuff that we talk about, whether it's prevention or recovery from burnout, all that stuff actually just helps you do life better. Yeah. Um, and when you do life better, burnout can't get a foothold. That's fantastic. Um, so, so other people, like if you, if you feel that end of year ugliness, um, love for you to come yeah. and, and join us. And, and, and hopefully this year won't be as ugly. And if you're overwhelmed, uh, put this on your calendar. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 I have to say that's kind of like, yeah, I wanted to start a workaholics anonymous thing, but I could never get to it. Like, um, yeah, yeah. but, but it's, it's two hours. Um, it's, it's, it's really compressed content. When you're going to walk out with actual tips and tools on how to help yourself, which, which I think is the big difference. Yep. Cause we read about burnout all, all, right. all day long, but we don't right. actually learn how to cope with it. So. Yeah, you're going to walk out with a set of exercises that will help you better understand why you're getting burnout and then what to do about it.
great. That's fantastic. Well, uh, thank you so much for thank opening you. your studio. And, uh, and like I said, we'll get this on the show notes and, uh, and please, please come to the event. I will, uh, what, what's the date of it? 15th. The 15th. So I will be there. I, I do have to go to Virginia, but I don't think I'm leaving at that point. So, and, uh, and we'll, we'll get this up ASAP. So try to, try to fill that room because, uh, this is a really important topic and thank you, uh, for service, doing the service to your community yeah. on that as well. And in our in our short time that uh, we've known each other, become friends and respect everything that you're doing here too. It's fantastic. Thanks. If you're an Indianapolis-based professional and would like your story to be heard on Off the Circle, contact us at offthecircle.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a glowing review. Off the Circle is recorded at DK New Media's podcast studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis.